Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Darkness falls upon the land as we three gather round our witch's basket. <laughs> oh, once oh, again. No. Oh, no. Okay, we gotta <laughs> talk about this because a basket is porous. It has, it has holes in it, so... If you're going to put a potion of some sort in the basket, okay. leak out through the holes in the wicker. Uh, okay, so uh, you mean you a make some valid, again. Oh, you yeah. make some valid points, but let me just say, <laughs> I wove this basket myself, and it's pretty cool. Uh, wicker is very fragile, hard to work with. And sure, it's not great for boiling things, but uh, oh, it's on fire. Again, I appreciate your basket and you put a lot of work into it. That's great. But we need to put out the fire and now we're all on fire. And that would not have happened if you brought a cauldron. You're listening to the chilling podcast of Sabrina. I'm Alex. (laughs) I'm Justin. And I'm Pete. And we are going to be... Your witch voice seems to be aging. Uh, <laughs> here's here's a crazy thing that I got to tell you. I'm aging too in real time. Oh shit, that's what? horrifying to hear. You, Alex, you'll always be the young man I met 13 years ago to me. Oh, thank uh, you so much. You've gotten way older though. No. We're going to be talking about <laughs> Chapter Four, Witch Academy, the fourth episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Let's recap what's happened so far leading into this school-centric episode. Sabrina Spellman was heading into her 16th birthday. She was supposed to sign the uh, Dark Book of Satan and join the Church of Night, turn herself over to his satanic verses. But instead, she chose a third way, just like Jenny Garth in 90210, as we've chatted about. Uh, <laughs> Keep dropping that yourself. fact. Yes, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it at home. Why? I'm keep it at home. Why? It's, listen, you should love this. She was choosing between Jason Priestley and Luke Perry, your favorite dude. Uh, I remember, dude. All right, I remember. Oh, is that why? Honestly, I said I, because she didn't choose Luke Perry. Yes, uh, she should have chosen Luke Perry. We all know that. <laughs> In any case, so uh, the fallout from that was that Sabrina had to go on trial. Um, at the end of the trial, they made a deal. She doesn't need to sign the dark book right now, but she does need to go to the Academy of Unseen Arts and study witchcraft there with a bunch of folks that hate her, including the weird sisters who are led by Prudence. Uh, meanwhile, back in her human life, a couple of friends are doing some stuff. There's Roz, there's Susie, there's her boyfriend, Harvey. We'll get back to them in a moment. Uh, and in her home life, there's Ambrose, who's trapped in the house. He's a warlock. He's a started mm-hmm. up a relationship with a fellow warlock named Luke. There's also her two aunts, Hilda and Zelda. Hilda was excommunicated from the Church of Night at the end of the last episode. And more stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about as we go in. Oh, the other thing we should mention is that uh, the head of the Church of Night and the what do you call it? Not principal, not superintendent headmaster of the unseen Academy is father Blackwood who doesn't particularly like Sabrina very much, but is doing the dark Lord's bidding on the other side of Mm. things is miss Wardwell, AKA Madam Satan. It's kind of this rogue element, essentially trying to usher Sabrina into accepting the dark Lord's plan. So let's get into it. You guys want to talk about this? And I will just say as a little, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I think this was my favorite episode so far. And I think it's because I'm a total sucker for magical schools. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely why you think it's your favorite, because this was a magical (laughs) school episode, Uh, magical school bus. Um, Let me just say, I think the (laughs) the most important question we have to hit first off is when will we get to hear Harvey's sexy voice? Ooh. <laughs> right. That, because that, that could be the... that's a devastating. It could be a devastating change to the series. 
<laughs> do you think? Well, because we've heard his sweet voice so far, right? And they have that yeah. phone call midway through the episode. Sabrina gives Harvey a call on the phone, uh, and he mentions using that she missed his sexy voice. Um, and we yeah, know she said, know. I love hearing your voice. And he was like, this isn't even my sexy voice. So he's hiding this powerful, sexy <laughs> voice from us and her. And like, it could reap devastating uh, results if, if oh, it's dude. as dangerous as I think it is. Wow. Oh, man. Well, Ross Lynch is a, uh, he's a Disney hottie. So he's definitely setting hearts aflutter everywhere. Um, I will, I will say though, I know you're, I know you're joking about this, Justin, but (laughs) I do think it's interesting that we've gone from the first two episodes. Harvey and Sabrina's whole romance was very pure, very earnest. Then the third episode, we got that scene in the woods that we talked about where they were taking off their clothes. And then this episode, they're talking about the sexy voice. So even though it's still very to the kind of 60s aesthetic of the show, it does feel like things since (laughs) since Sabrina ostensibly lost her innocence in the woods uh, during the dark baptism, we've seen more sexuality pierce its way into the series, which I think is interesting. I think that's purposeful as well. Yeah, well, uh, though, I would also say Harvey... Sounds like someone, he's so sweet and innocent. He sounds like someone who's never, has no idea what sex is, but is just like playing along to keep it going. Right. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't um, know what it is. Yeah, my sexy voice, is this what I'm supposed to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I imagine if he was doing some phone sex, he'd be like, and now I'm brushing your hair? What do you having? to do? We're sipping on some tea, I believe. <laughs> Very yeah. sexy. Ooh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you out to a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Do we, are we doing this? Are we having phone sex right now? Is that what's going yeah, on? I think we, well, guys, can we please get to the episode? Yeah, we should mention, me by the way, uh, we mentioned this the last episode, uh, but we are actually doing this over the phone so that we can jam through the episode. So apologies about any fall in audio quality. Um, but you know, think of this as like, we're having phone sex with you guys. So there you yeah, go. But, yeah. No oh, apologies God. for the phone sex we're having right now. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Never apologize. Uh, so uh, you want to kick us off? You want to walk us through it, Justin? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we start, um, with, uh, Sabrina and her regular life high school pals. Um, right. uh, talking Roz, about the fly. Yep. Talking about, uh, Cronenberg movies. Um, and then we get into some great lying right out of the gate. Uh, Sabrina has to go to the night school to Witch Academy. And so she says she has to go to a farm expo to help uh, Hilda sell her honey. And everyone totally buys that. And it totally makes sense that that's where she's going to be all weekend. Yeah. Let's, so and last then, episode you brought up what are, the, what are the rules of her having to go to the Academy of Unseen Arts. And I feel like it actually makes yeah. less sense this episode. Because Definitely. based on the expo lie, because she's not just going to have to go that one weekend, right? She's, I think, going to have to go every weekend. So is she I just going to tell them every weekend? Works. Yeah. So is she just going to tell them every weekend I'm going to a different farm expo? What exactly is her plan here? Well, that's what, and I guess we need to figure out when it actually is in session. Is it night, at nighttime during weekdays? Is it random weekends throughout the year? Are they just not, they're in school when regular kids aren't? Um, I think it's a nighttime school, so I think it'll be like she goes to her school during the day, and then a night goes to the the other school. Mm. It's, like night, I, it's like night court. It's like the TV show Night Court. It's exactly <laughs> like I mean, there is a lady named Roz in both shows, so you tell me. <laughs> Another great Pete conspiracy theory shine. <laughs> well, I do think it's, it's clear that every. <laughs> By You're the way, I that just want to mention Sabrina you just the chilling. Oh, uh, Sabrina exists in the. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Sabrina exists in the Night Court, the Night Court expanded universe. (laughs) Uh, I I do want to mention, Pete, you mentioned another TV show, and somebody uh, hit us up on Twitter to be like, yo, Pete mentioned another movie the last episode. You're always ragging us on that, Pete, bringing up other shows. So, you know, eat it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. fair. My bad. My bad. That's a classic one episode later podcast comeback. <laughs> gotcha. Busted. Busted. Yeah. 
that's fair. Burn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do think, uh, just to be totally clear, I think everybody else who goes to the Academy of Unseen Arts is there all the time. They've retreated from the human world. They're completely at that Academy. But the rules for how Sabrina is going to attend in particular need to be firmed up in some way, because that's not totally clear at this point, even by the end of the episode. Yeah. No. She goes home and is like, well, by which Academy see us sometime <laughs> in the future. Uh, uh, we do so, get, a, we'd get a big statement from Sabrina about what her goal is. Her goal at the school is that she wants to conjure, bind, and banish the Dark Lord. Right, that was which, a pretty big mission statement. Yeah, and also some she shouldn't say out loud, I feel like. Uh, you know, every time she talks bad about the devil, something bad happens to her. So I wish she would just kind of, you know, watch herself a little bit with that. I do think that that's another one of the things that I really liked about the episode beyond the fact that I'm a sucker for witch schools. Uh, and this is definitely jumping ahead to the end, but both at the beginning and the end, it feels like in this episode, the show finally crisps up what its mission is, you know, literally with Sabrina saying that, that I'm going to bind the dark Lord. And then by the end of the episode that you have, this whole witch society, but you have the Spellmans outside almost as the Buffy style Avenger squad who are doing the right thing with their spells, even if while they're part of this very dark world. And I think that's neat. I, I'm excited to see that if that continues going forward, uh, the way that it's set up in this episode. Yeah, it's exciting because I feel like it, it's a it's an interesting show and in that it puts you in this place where it's like, well, they all sort of are Satanists because they have to be. That's what witches are. But right. they found a way to be against the devil himself. So it's more of like uh, like believing in a spirituality, but not really liking religion. Like it, it touches on just some interesting stuff that I think makes it like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like Zelda yeah. is fully on board with the the church, the Church of Night. Uh, Hild yeah. is like totally excommunicated. Ambrose is like also a rogue element. Uh, and so there's just so many different factions here in a fun way. But yeah. that uh, said, I mean, just to talk about Zelda for a second, I think by the end of the episode, and again, this is one of the things that I liked about it that I believe Pete talked about on the last episode of the podcast is Zelda even steps up. She says, no, this yeah, is a step a too far. Part. Yeah. That, yeah. I, and I like that. I like that she, Ultimately, her loyalty is more towards her family than her religion. And I think that's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, just I'd like to point out, you skip past a fun moment where, uh, uh, you know, her human friends, the mortals, if you will, uh, was like, was like, seriously, guys, stop making out. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, that was. Uh, they're very publicly making out. Yeah. Which we all know is not cool. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool, guys. Kiss on your own time. <laughs> yeah. We're not paying you to kiss. What? Yeah, they are paying them to be friends. Oh, um, okay. And we are. Set, we also set up in that scene that there's going to be a uh, girls weekend um, yep. between uh, Roz uh, and Susie. Um, and we'll see what happens with that uh, briefly. Right. Do we want to talk <laughs> about that first? Because that's definitely the sure. B plot through the episode. Uh, so Roz and Susie, they have this sleepover, except uh, Susie has kind of omitted one slight piece of information, which she has a yeah. possessed uncle upstairs. <laughs> oh, by um, the way, uh, thanks for coming to the sleepover. I have a creepy-ass old uncle that rings a bell. Like, what the fuck? You can't do that. You can't be like, hey, let's have a sleepover at my house. Oh, by the way, there's a monster upstairs. Like, what the fuck? And especially the fact that it's Uncle Jesse from Full House is crazy. Yeah. Like John Stamos in a surprise turn, um, not looking like himself, up there with the Beach Boys possessed by the devil. No, wow, I mean, between that and Balky Bartokamos, uh, this show's really obsessed with TGIF. Yeah. yeah well, that's I where mean, its roots are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, into some of those deep cuts, yes. deep TGIF cuts eventually. Right. So they do discover that the, uh, the uncle, it is the uncle, right? The uncle is mm-hmm. upstairs. Yes. Uncle Jesse. Uh, uncle Jesse. He, he uh, yeah, he's trying to cut it out, but he can't cut it out is one of the big problems that we're dealing with this episode. <laughs> yeah. That's the <laughs> issue. So they, they go up and they kind of explore it a little bit. They find out that something is seriously wrong with him. 
Um, they also discover that it happened ever since he says that he glimpsed something in the mines. Uh, they end up mentioning this to Harvey and Harvey's like, yo, I saw something in the mines as well and comes over, starts questioning him. And the guy turns to him with a very similar red pustule filled face to what Balky had, uh, two episodes ago. Um, when he was taken over by Satan. So there's certainly a connection there. Uh, He uses a deep Satan voice. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, Alex just got to Pete, join my church tonight, Pete. No! You can't do that. You can't can't just break into creepy voice in the middle of a fucking podcast, you asshole. Who do you think (laughs) is sexier, Satan or Venom? What do you think? Just, (laughs) it's a great call. Uh, I, I don't like the way you set that up. Come it on, should be who is Eddie. Hit, uh... <laughs> I like that you voice. figured That's that out awesome. by doing the voice. Uh, you, your Venom impression <laughs> just crossed over with your Satan impression. And your yeah. SNL audition tape is crushing. <laughs> this is great. Do you think I'm going to get it? I, I'm just going to send them this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, I think, yeah, they take a lot of audio submissions. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. So, anyways, I was proud of Harvey for going into that room, even though it was super creepy. Uh, and, yeah, I think it was kind of like sometimes they put two characters uh, together and it feels awkward. But I'm glad Harvey was like, I need to talk to this guy. Maybe he we can get some answers together. Uh, I totally bought that and thought it was like a good reason to go into a creepy old person's room. Uh, yeah, and I, I feel like it says a lot about who Harvey is as a character that he was willing to kind of like step up and do that. Yeah. But then yeah, when I, it comes to when at the end of the episode, when he was talking to Sabrina on the phone, he's like, Hey, I got to tell you this one thing. She's like, I can't right now. And he's like, okay, cool. I won't talk about the monster I found living <laughs> yeah. down the street. I'll just yeah. catch you tomorrow, babe. <laughs> it's interesting that there's clearly so many supernatural things that are going on in Greendale almost constantly that up until now, Harvey and Roz and Susie and everybody else, I guess all the regular citizens have no sense of it whatsoever. You know, if we look at like, not to keep talking about Riverdale, but if we talk about how Riverdale reacts to Greendale on that show, they know Mm -hmm. things are weird in that town. So maybe it is part and parcel of living in Greendale of like, well, things are a little off, but the leap, the psychological leap to say this is something supernatural in nature might be just too much, perhaps. Yeah. And I guess it's the same way that in Riverdale that all those people that live there are numb to random musical numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So they're like, yeah, used yeah. To the, they're, they're townspeople just starting to sing. Hey, well, yeah. I mean, we got a little bit of that in this. I mean, Sabrina belts out some impressive chords. She does. Well, we'll oh, yeah, get over to that. Should we, we jump into it? The, uh, the, the last thing that I wanted to mention about the storyline with uh, Harvey and the uh, dude, uh, Uncle Jesse is that this is something that happens on almost every supernatural TV show. And I'm not necessarily mad that it happens, but it's definitely something that they get towards is you have the human characters, but you can't keep them on the side for long. And they uh, very quickly get sucked into the supernatural storyline. I'm curious to see how it plays out. If it does feel forced to bring them into Sabrina's world. And then once they are in Sabrina's world, what happens next? Are they all in? Are they still to the side? Do you know, there's a lot of different ways these shows like a Buffy or like a white Oda Earp or anything like that uh, get into. Um, But it always eventually happens that everybody finds out and then everybody's in this world. And, I would argue, at least so far, I think that's okay because in this case, because the human storyline has been so lip service up to this point, I'd rather see them part and parcel with Sabrina's world than getting into the action personally. You know, I, 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 I go ahead, people. I agree. I agree because, uh, you know, she's lying to Harvey and her friends, you know, and it's like, you know, eventually she's got to come clean. Yeah, and I think uh, I like that they are, uh, to your point, Alex, sort of letting them in a little bit already um, so that by the time we get to the end of the season, I feel like it's going to be a Sabrina must choose moment with everyone mm-hmm. aware of everyone else um, that th- they're going to be able to not just be mad at her for lying to them. They're going to be like, yeah, oh, we ha- we saw this 
Uncle Jesse guy. And so I totally get why you're trying to stop this, uh, this Satan fella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that old Satan Which is fella. how he prefers. Uh, and <laughs> he and prefers the one last thing that I'll, I'll uh, mention about the storyline or ask you guys about the storyline, because I'm not quite sure at this point, uh, is whatever is down in the mine, is that Satan? Or do you think that's something else? No, I think it's Satan. Um, we, interesting. We, because Harvey saw the gold head, you know, the classic kind of Satan character. Hmm. It does feel like a sort of a rogue element, not connected to uh, School of Night or, or the Church of Night. It feels like maybe if it is Satan, it's Satan's like doing something weird, sneaky. Not not mm-hmm. to say that that's his thing, <laughs> that's his jam. But it feels like this is like Satan's uh, bachelor pad. Satan's pied-a-terre, where he's, like, doing something weird. Um, or it is, like, a rogue demon who is can be the enemy that the night, the Church of Night and Sabrina can unite to take them. Mm-hmm. I like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of Church of Night, want to jump over to the Academy of Unseen Arts storyline. That's the bulk of the episode. Yeah. So Sabrina walks up. There's, a, of course, a creepy child. Quentin, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, who's right out front, got a little chalkboard. He's like, hi, I'm a nightmare. Welcome to your school. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we should also mention that it's a, it's a, I guess, probably an old railroad station, at least what it looks like on the outside, called uh, Gehenna. Uh, and mm-hmm. Gehenna is in the Bible. It's basically hell. So, you know, that's pretty oh, on the nose. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, we are, we guys, those listening, we are always cross-referencing the Bible with everything that we do on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> especially Alex. Alex is so yeah. Bible great. I uh, love the Bible. It's, it's a very good book. <laughs> yeah. I always mix up my cursed Bible, my dark Bible with my regular Bible. Ooh, See, the thing is your dark, your dark Bible is the one that's upside down. So, you know. Yeah. But it's weird. That. Both of mine are, both of mine are printed on human flesh. So I don't know. <laughs> um, this, is, this is getting weird. Anyway, so we, there's this great statue in the main uh, pentagram hall, which I thought was actually really cool. Of the yeah, devil I with love that. Kids. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I like that. Like, I, I like how they are fleshing out the Church of the Night and how well thought out it is. And the idea huh. of just children looking up to Satan is... It's a funny statue. I, I don't know if that's a weird yeah. thing to say, but it's it's very on the nose for exactly what would be in the middle of the Academy on Scene Arts, and I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought it was Agreed. extra creepy to have the kids ar- around it in in the statue. I also thought it was interesting how they were like, oh, uh, yeah, all these rooms go on forever, so uh, good luck with that. I was like, man, yeah. if you think trying to find your way in a regular high school when you're the new kid is hard, Good luck in a pentagram high school where the rooms are <laughs> infinite. <laughs> Great point. Uh, and P, you mentioned earlier where we go, uh, Father Blackwood sends Sabrina off to her first class right away. Choir, classic first class. Oh, uh, man. Where she and has then, to quickly audition, <laughs> oddly. Yeah, yeah and we also... Weird that it, was, it was like, hey, this is my wife, your teacher. I was like, oh, boy. I mean, that guy, you know... Like, yeah, I mean, I know it's a Satan school, but is that legal? Is there any? You just give your yeah, wife. Yeah, of course it's job. legal. What are you talking about? Well, you, you know, know just, you know. So yeah, this yeah. is. I, I just want to mention this here, repeat, because I know this is still an issue for you. But teachers are adults with their own lives who can do what they want in their free time, and that includes going out on dates and getting married, letting and their like hair that. down, letting their hair. Yeah, down. they don't. Uh, but. All the teachers live in school, though, right? Like, it's not like one of those weird things where they have jobs outside oh of school, God. and then the, teach- and the students yeah, see them we at should, their day uh, job, and it's like, what? For those of you listening to the podcast for the first time, we should mention that Pete is 12. Um, that's not yeah. an important thing to set up right up front. And he yeah. just saw his gym teacher at the grocery store, and it yeah, I freaked him. out. I freaked out. <laughs> uh, Mr. Yeah. Hawthorne. What are you doing here? Pete, when I'm out of school, it's Dave. And I'm here <laughs> buying some ramen noodles because I'm single as fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to call you Dave. Dave. 
Is your mom single, Pete? Uh, I shouldn't ask that. Anyway. Uh, so um, we have this choir practice, which sets up in a very direct way, Prudence versus Sabrina. <laughs> like the teacher oh, turns man. and is like, Prudence, she's coming for you specifically. Yeah, did we need yeah. that, though? I mean, that was already so clear. It was just like, of course. I like that. Clear, I like the directness I- of it. Yeah, I also really liked Prudence a lot in this episode. They they sort of felt like a wash in the first couple of episodes that they appeared. But what? No, no, that I've liked them, like I've enjoyed them. But I really think we got an in into Prudence's psychological state this episode. Particularly, there's that yeah. one shot when she's watching Sabrina sing, and you can see Tati Gabrielle, who's the actress who plays Prudence, just her expression shifts ever so slightly. And she looks scared and sad at the same time, and I thought that was such a great reaction. And then same I thing like at the this end. Whole episode, throughout this whole yeah. episode, Prudence, the actress who plays Prudence, uh, is so good. Just, yeah, I really, I really liked her as well. Yeah, Dorcas and, and Agatha cool. are kind of still awash a little bit, but uh, Prudence is great. Yeah. yeah, well, they're just they're definitely sidekicks. Yes. Um, uh, should we so, talk about uh, Nick Scratch? Let's talk about Nick Scratch. Oh boy, Nick Scratch, oh, the guy who's going to be try divide Harvey and Sabrina. I don't like this guy. Uh oh, guys! As as usual, bad boy alert. Nick Scratch, he's going to be. Oh, he's going to be so much trouble. Yeah, he's now. I, I could be wrong. He's from the Archie comics, right? Like, I think he's from the original Sabrina comics. I could be wrong. Um, I think so. The name definitely sounds like uh, <laughs> he's from a comic book. Yes. Yeah, it's a Nick Scratch here. Yeah. Um, uh, so there is that, but uh, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about Nick Scratch potentially coming in the middle of Harvey and Sabrina? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't I'm like doing it. Some, I'm doing some quick research here. Actually, Nick Scratch, the first hit in the comic book world, is a villain in Marvel Comics. Oh shit! He's part of the MCU. I told That's gonna be you. A weird... I told you you can't trust him, guys. I, 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 I'll call. <laughs> can't trust. This there's kid. also a there's also a Nick Scratch in the DC universe who um, confronts Batman um, mm-hmm. and lives in Gotham City. And, Is he a good guy uh, or bad so guy? This, bad dude. He's also uh, like a magician what? warrior. Anyway, so uh, he's he's in he's in comic books everywhere else but Archie Comics. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so wait, what is? Uh, I, I think people have settled on uh, Harvina as the ship name for Harvey and Sabrina. What's the ship name for Nick? Don't you ship these Sabrina. two? There's no reason to ship these two. They don't go together. Let's keep them apart here. Do you know why we should? Because their ship name is probably sick. Oh, no, that's not a good one. That's Sick. Good. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. Sabic? Sc- I mean, sc- I mean, Scratchina. <laughs> Scratch Man? Scratch is such a good thing. Yeah. Scratch Man is perfect. Uh, uh, Scratch is perfect. Please, please stop. Please stop doing this. <laughs> you guys I like are trying Scratch. to bring them together. Why would you like... an? Uh, it's clearly a setup. Oh, here is a kid who is the only one who doesn't hate Sabrina. He's like been assigned to her. Uh, it's some evil plan. I'm telling you guys, we can't trust him. Oh, here is and the I, one. He, he's studying her dad. He wants to like get to know. Yeah, exactly. Very, yeah. He's got some. Well, we he has some motives we don't know yet, and he happened to be the perfect guy at the perfect place. Here is the journal that has the exact stuff that you need. I don't trust him. I mean, I think that's fair, Pete, but at the same time, uh, I think he's great for her, and I think they should be together. Fuck you, exactly. man. Why would you bad say that? Bad Boys Unite. Bad Boys stand with Bad Boys, Pete, and I choose Nick oh. Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so we can, we can probably move forward. We have another conversation between Prudence and Sabrina um, at the lunch table. Um, breaking up the Nick Scratch date, we sort of get the idea that maybe Nick and Prudence have a bit of a history yeah, together. A little bit and of then, uh, And then we jump into the harrowing uh, next. 
Yeah. Yes, the harrowing. Uh, so the harrowing is a nighttime ritual with new students at the school where they get absolutely tortured. The first one is Sabrina gets thrown in a hole overnight, but uh, uh, Salem helps her out. So yeah. it's okay. Yeah, and it's, I like the the concept of the harrowing that they that it's like a hazing, obviously, and they're yeah. putting the new witch students through the same trial that the witches that were killed in Greendale, the thirteen witches, went through when they were killed. Uh, so it's uh, fucked up and intense right from the jump. Uh, yeah. Quentin shows Quentin the ghost shows up and says, "Hey, don't let them, don't show them you're scared, scared or they'll kill you right away." And I I thought that was. A lot of this stuff is really well done, I thought. Coming out of the first hearing where she has to like sit in a room and um, be vulnerable to all the spirits around, and we, they, Prudence and the girls come back to find her, and she's like, looks insane, and she just yeah. turns around cool as hell and is like, hey, what's up? Cool night. Here's my cat. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it was I weird wanna... the way she revealed her familiar's power to everybody. She was like, yeah, by the way, my familiar is this giant goblin who can murder all of you, so... I was just like, don't fucking give away your ace card. Maybe keep that up your sleeve no, no, a little no, no, bit. No, 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 Pete, all, all of the familiars are that. All of the familiars are goblins who have taken animal form. So they oh. all know about it. Oh, yeah. oh my bad. Uh, I did want to bring up uh, Alex, Justin, I believe. Alex went to the Unseen Art School for a semester. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. so. My uh, familiar was a giant sea turtle, which was very inconvenient. Oh, so <laughs> slow, dude. Yeah. Also, it died. It died because I did never put it in water. Um, oh. I did want to mention, uh, Justin, you brought this up last episode with the trial where I believe you said you thought it was interesting that they were using witch hunt techniques on witches as part of the trial. And again, yeah. we get that this episode with the harrowing to your point where they're putting Sabrina through the same thing that the witches went through. So what do you think that's saying there? Is that that witch society was so damaged by these witch trials in Greendale back in the day that they've adopted these things? Do you think they're co-opting it for their power? Uh, what's the subtext or text there? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's what, to me, that's what it is, where it's like the thing, the darkest, the dark things that were done to them, they will own and do onto others uh, sort of plays into the, church of night philosophy of sort of the fall of Satan and uh, using that as the thing that they always talk about, even though, cause Christian church is the, the flip, the, the light side of this dark universe um, talk about how horrible that was and then sort of move on. So I think it is sort of owning the, your, your pain, your cultural pain. Mm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, so she gets through the first harrowing. Um, she's very upset about it, calls her aunts, calls uh, Harvey as well, but calls her aunts and they, immediately get super upset and come to the school and they're like, yo, stop powering Sabrina. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, we'll look into it. But uh, what did you think about uh, Pete, since you responded to this earlier, what did you think about Zelda standing up to Father Blackwood? That was pretty awesome because it, it really, because before that, I didn't think Zelda cared about her at all, you know, because she was always putting, mm -hmm. uh, you know, her religious beliefs above Sabrina so it was kind of like nice to see her, especially to Blackwell, to stand up like that and was badass. I also liked how uh, uh, Hilda before was like packing all these protection charms uh, for Sabrina before she went off to school, like really just being super sweet and understanding. So uh, I, the dynamic of these two is kind of really fantastic. But then the fact that even the hard one, Zelda, is like, she really still cares for Sabrina. Mm. Now, at this point, do you guys want to take a little bit of a side trip, talk about the stuff that happens with Ambrose and the stuff that happens with Madam C Satan? Because that's kind of in the middle of this harrowing thing. Yeah. Uh, sure. Well, let's just, to close out that scene, um, uh, before we get to that, Sabrina, uh, Father Blackwood gives Sabrina the Acheron because she wants to do conjuring. And um, right. the only way that he's going to allow her to do that is if she solves this uh, turns out unsolvable uh, puzzle. She finds out from everybody. Creepy from Rubik's Scratch. cube. Yeah, it's like the witch Rubik's cube. Um, and uh, the other thing we find out in that scene is that Father Blackwood wants Zelda to be uh, his midwife for his right. he and his wife's birth. And there's such a weird interaction there where it makes me think that Father Blackwood and Zelda totally dated, and there's some history there. 
Oh yeah, yeah definitely. The, yeah, that her reaction, her reaction in particular is really interesting. It's hard to tell whether she was expecting him to ask another question at that point and was thrown by the midwife thing, or if mm-hmm, she yeah. is actually honored by being asked to be the midwife. I feel like it's, I mean, it's like asking an ex to, hey, would you come to <laughs> my new wife's birth? It's like, no, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it, it's a weird moment because, yeah, maybe it was, I, she reveres Father Blackwood's for maybe personally, but definitely uh, for his position in the church of night, because she's such a believer. So I think yeah. that reaction was a, a big crack in her, like uh, mm-hmm. respect for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I thought it was cool how uh, Blackwood was showing the power that that puzzle has over people, like the way he like looked into it and stuff like that. Like I like the fact that it kind of set up the stakes of this evil Rubik's cube. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, actually also, surprised. I was surprised to jump ahead, but I was surprised that didn't last for longer. It seemed like it was setting yeah. up something where there would be a whole addiction episode with Sabrina getting completely obsessed with the Akron configuration. Yeah. That's no, what I hoped as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, she cheated. But not, she got the journal yeah. and then saw <laughs> yes. she did cheat. But I liked, I liked that it didn't become a whole thing. I like that it was uh, sort of solved in this episode because tuning it like then going to the next episode and being like, oh, yeah, there's that puzzle thing. It feels like a little bit of a leap. Um, mm-hmm. And we also should say that her father created this Akron configuration. Um, so yes. it's that very much solving it is connected to her, excuse me, heritage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's jump over to Ambrose, because I think that's a really interesting storyline to talk about. On the surface, yeah. it seems relatively simple. Ambrose wants to go on a date with Luke. So he Aww. convinces Hilda to help him out with some astral projection. She warns him that he can't stay too long or certain forces will drag his soul the away forever. Yeah, psychopomps, yeah. uh, which are tiny little adorable birds who show up. Uh, but he goes to Cerebus Books and meets Luke there. First of all, it's weird to me that he doesn't just tell Luke that he's astral projecting. Is it that he's embarrassed about being trapped in the house? Is that what's yeah, I think going he on? doesn't want to admit, he doesn't want to admit to whatever crime got him there until he maybe does admit over the course of the date. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, but oh, go ahead, Pete. I also feel like the way Luke was acting, it seemed like he knew some stuff and maybe isn't uh, on the right well, side. Here's my theory. You want me to throw a theory out? Maybe this is Please do. Now. Luke is the witch hunter. Oh. Luke no. killed the other guy, and now he's moving uh, to Ambrose. Um as his next target and trying to get open up the world of the, uh, of Zelda and Hilda and into the church of night. Ooh, I oh, like shit. that theory a lot. Yeah. yeah. Man. Cause it, he's a little aggressive on the, Luke's a little aggressive on the date and yeah, he, he really doesn't like that. Uh, Ambrose sort of is freaking out and he feels like to me, it felt like he's losing his something that he needs and what he needs is this into the witch world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. We'll have to see how that pans out. Uh, the other thing that I think is interesting is just talking about the astral projection thing. That doesn't feel like a one episode alone thing to me. That feels like given that they have set up that you can be trapped by astral projection, by ripped apart, that seems like a detail you set up now to really pay off later where somebody yeah. mm. does suffer from this astral projection. They beat a villain that way or something like that. Uh, so I'm excited to see how, what happens with this thing. I That's actually, interesting. I could, I, I really agree because the way they set it up and didn't deliver and the music got so intense, like something was going to happen. And then he just like woke up and was like, Oh, that was scary for a second. You know, I think that, yeah, yeah you're right. Like that is setting up a bigger thing. Yeah, that's cool. This is something Ambrose will do again and may pay a much higher price for. Yeah. So Miss Wardwell, a.k.a. Madam Satan, goes to the mortuary. She pretends to be somebody else needing a uh, funeral, basically to a distract Aunt Hilda. Uh, but then she ends up actually just wanting to go up to Sabrina's room and lick her mirror. Um, pretty I think, cool move. Classic yeah, villain. I, I, who, who doesn't do that? You know what I mean? When you, know, you go to somebody's house and you're, 
They're not looking. You lick mirrors. I mean, everybody does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't let you in my house anymore, Pete. Now, the other <laughs> thing, the other thing we see here is that, um, she takes some hair and fingernails, um, it's... to, pro- to do some conjuring I mean, or some sort of spell work. And it really goes to show, don't leave your fingernails collected in a beautiful silver dish sitting on your desk. Wait, yeah. you don't do that? I do that. N- not anymore. After all of the, um, the voodoo spells that have been done again. Mm. Mm. Well, I thought it was pretty cool that way she was kind of, it seemed like she was laying all these little traps for Sabrina while she was in the house. Yeah. And this pays off really nicely at the end when she, uh, uh, Madam Staten does her uh, mirror licking trick so she can spy on Sabrina. And it's just Sabrina talking to Harvey on the phone. She's like, <laughs> she's boring. like, oh, kill me. Oh, this is awful. I thought that was such a funny payoff for that moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. And I'm sure it'll play into the series again now that she does have this mirror portal. But I agree with you guys. That was that was great. And I also appreciate the fact that she's like, Ugh, Harvey and Sabrina are so boring. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Do you think she's a, uh, she's a, what do we say? Sa- Sab scratch shipper? Uh, yeah. I think she's a, a, a scratchman. She's, she's pushing for scratchman. <laughs> yeah. She has a scratchman yeah, tumbler because- that she's been fleshing out over the past couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. It's pretty good. But like Tumblr, you know, people aren't as on Tumblr as much. So it's a little harder to mm. get going. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, jumping um, back into the harrowing, uh, yeah, please. She, the, uh, the next one is the second harrowing. Um, Sabrina has to stand at the tree and not turn around no matter what um, she hears. Oh, man. She hears all these uh, voices um, among them. Uh, Harvey, obviously, um, her father, her mother. I thought that was really, really well done. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't turn around. And the next day, Quentin shows up and she's suddenly like, I trust this weird child ghost. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, I was like. I thought it was a trick. I thought maybe there was like a fake morning and the child was trying to pull something out. I was kind of like, don't turn around yet. Yeah, because you, yeah, you don't trust children. I do not. Yeah, this is something you'll find out if you ever meet Pete in person, if you're listening to the podcast. But Pete actually never turns around, ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Never for kids, that's for sure. <laughs> were you Pete as a resident scaredy cat? How did you feel about the sequence? Because I thought it was staged in a legitimately terrifying way. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, cause it seems like such a simple thing. Like, Oh, don't turn around. Okay. No problem. But yeah, it was creepy, super creepy. It's such a good uh, thing. I mean, it plays back to the, um, the myth, the Greek myth of, uh, Orpheus, I think where he, uh, is walking out of hell and if his, uh, his, his true love is right behind him and they'll escape as long as he doesn't turn around and he doesn't hear her for a long time and turns around and she's right there and then she falls back into hell, uh, which oh. is a great myth. And I feel like that's, that reminded me of that. Yeah, it reminded me of the Ace of Base song, Don't Turn Around, but I guess oh, both yeah. things are valid. Oh, my God. <laughs> Equally mythological in its uh, <laughs> effect on both us as people and society as a whole. Absolutely. Um, uh, we Is that the that same song where it's like, turn around every he, now and then? No. That oh. is Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, oh my bad. My you bad. monster. It's a great song. <laughs> So she does uh, trust Quentin, and he takes her to a ghost child graveyard. All of these folks who were, I, I think, killed during harrowing, right? Like, they died yeah. of harrowing. Yeah. 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 Uh, which, uh, an interesting detail is that Sabrina is going to the Academy of the Unseen Arts clearly very late. It's not just which high school. It's clearly also, like, which preschool and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's but, a great witch Montessori program there that I've been trying to get my kid <laughs> Don't do it, man. No, it's so, going to be great. Yeah, they end up uh, they end up teaming up with the Spellmans to help stop the harrowing for good. I also like the detail a lot that they didn't want to, you know, exactly. They didn't want to leave. They didn't have anywhere to go as ghosts. They just wanted a little revenge. That was pretty much yeah. It. Which Hilga knew because she's been through it. I thought that was a cool moment. She's like, yeah, I know what they want. I was like, it was really cool. Revenge, say revenge, yeah. And I loved her. Yeah, that's a real Pete bait right there. And I, I loved her line. uh, Kids just need permission. Um, 
And I, that was really, really nice. I thought, that's, I thought that scene was really well done without sort of subtly letting Hilda have a win through these students getting their revenge on the heroine. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, and then we uh, see the, the, the third heroine, um, the, uh, their prudence and the uh, girl squad are about to hang Sabrina. It seems like they might actually be killing her. And yeah. um, the ghosts show up and instead uh, magically hang um, Prudence and uh, Agatha and Dorcas and, until they say they won't harrow anymore, let them go. Sabrina yeah, I was a little worried that Sabrina wasn't going to, uh, you know, she let them hang there for a while. Well, I thought sort of similarly that maybe the ghost kids were going to, like, try to kill the, the living kids but instead they played it uh, sort of straight, which I liked. And then I liked the moment where Sabrina uh, reaches her hand down to get, to pick Prudence up. Yeah, that yeah. was nice. I also liked her line where she was like, this ends now. Like this is no longer acceptable. That was a very yeah. powerful line. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing, the whole sequence was great. The effect of them getting hung in the air was fantastic. That was really good. Creepy and well so, done. So the creepy. whole thing, yeah, the whole sequence was excellent. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we're off that harrowing thing. I think again, it comes back to sort of the Spellmans being these dark Avengers in this town of Greendale, which I really like that setup a lot. Uh, because only second to witch school stuff is, I think, supernatural Avengers in terms of my liking TV shows. So I'm very happy <laughs> if it goes in that direction. Yeah. Uh, but then that leads into the ending where she not just has the Akron configuration, but also gets her father's journal uh, and realizes the secret to the Akron configuration is she needs to close her eyes and just trust her heart. It's a very yeah, Star I mean, Wars. I like the yeah. way she figured that out, but I just didn't trust uh, the fucking creepy guys trying to uh, get with Sabrina the way he just showed up with the journal. That exact journal that she needed of I all the journals. He's a bad boy. I trust him. And I guess really Sabrina just needed to turn off her targeting computer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we talk about um, the moment there where Zelda realized she was so bad to uh, uh, Hilda and like they had a nice moment there where she was yeah. like, you know, I'll put a pot on. I, uh, I clutched my pearls. I was so like, oh, this is so touching. <laughs> I did think that was great for two reasons. One, because we find out a lot of their relationship is based on the fact that Zelda harrowed Hilda back in their school days, which is yeah, yeah. fucked up. Well, it's fucked up. It also underlines a lot of their relationship to the Church of the Night, as well as what the relationship has been like since they went to school. Uh, and the yeah. other moment that I liked is I just love Lucy David. I know I keep talking about little choices that she makes, but I love yeah. the way that she walks out of the room at that end of the shot. She sort of has this yeah. hobble back and forth, and it was so hilarious and sweet and just absolutely perfect. Yes, she's she's very darling. Yeah, and when she told her that, uh, she said to Zelda, you were a monster. Like, that was really, uh, really very powerful. Yeah. Um, Anything else one we other thing we about? Learned Yes. Yeah. Please. Right before the end, we learned that um, uh, Father Blackwood was pushing Prudence to harrow Sabrina. Um, oh so, yeah. Uh, that was a nice connection. We learned that uh, truly everyone is out to get Sabrina, and yeah. um, and then finally at the end of the episode, uh, Sabrina solves the Acheron. A bunch of red dust falls out, and then a dude in a tiny leather jacket shows up, and he is scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what did you think of the red dust? Like, what do you think that was like her father's ashes or something? Um, no, it was probably just like, um, like an old, souls like that were trapped a, in there, a sand sculpture, which is a cool, uh, like way to about sand art, bro. Yeah. Sand art. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there. I think it's jingle jangle and I think we're going to have a tie in oh. with Riverdale. It's a, it's a wow. bunch of pixie dust that's going to needs to, needs to get stuffed in some pixie sticks. It was yeah. a weird, like chain of events where it was like, yeah, she got it open. What's that weird dust? Oh, shit, who the fuck is that? And then it was like credits. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. a legit cliffhanger. I liked it. Yeah. Do you guys Before think that was Satan up, at though, the door? What? Do you guys think that was Satan at the door? No. no I think it's going to be someone that ends up uh, Sabrina talks to to learn about her father. That's a guess. Mm. Ooh. 
like a classmate of her father's and the thing at the door will be like, I know your father, we used to get drinks. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a demon that was trapped in that thing. Who was like, I was slowly eating Blackwell's soul. Why did you fucking solve this puzzle? Oh, wow. Hmm. All right. We'll have to stay tuned for the next episode, but before we move on, which, which reigns supreme this episode, this episode only Justin, you want to kick it off? I'm probably going to take be taking someone's answer here, but I'm going to go with Hilda. Uh, you son she, of a bitch! She, uh, <laughs> I feel like she just subtly played out all of the themes of this episode so well. She got her own uh, bit of revenge on her sister that uh, yeah, that she did. Her, and she sort of made her life better. It was very funny in the process. Hilda, all day, er day. Oh, you motherfucker! Not only <laughs> did you take my answer, you took my goddamn catchphrase. Mine now. It's Madam Goldberg's from here on. <laughs> oh, Madam Goldberg strikes again. Uh, just, just to be different, even though I agree with you guys at Hilda, I'll say Prudence just because I feel like even though yes. she was clearly the bad element this episode, I love that we got very subtle glimpses into her inner emotional life this episode. I think Toddy Gabrielle did a fantastic job with the character. And this is really the first time that I want to know a lot more about Prudence, and I want her to be more of the action. So I thought that was great. Yeah. All right. I'm All right. Say I Prudence was great. I'm going to say Zelda because we she had a kind of Grinch stole uh, Christmas moment where her heart grew a little bit bigger, and uh, she also really stood up for Sabrina, which I was very happy about. She's not just a cold witch. She uh, uh, is more complex than that, which I'm very happy about her character development. Guys, if you would like to support the show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. So please come on by and check that out. We'll cast a spooky magical spell on you. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at comic book live. You can check us out at comicbookclublive.com or at Riverdale Dark is our dedicated Riverdale and now chilling adventures of Sabrina Twitter. So head there and we'll see you at the Wicker Basket Store. <laughs> wicker, what a comfortable thing to have, Wicker. My furniture's Wicker. Wicker.